So. All right, welcome to a Cowboy Connection podcast. Kevin Cooley sitting here with Dad Torgerson. Well, Jr. has a uh, uh, an emergency at home, so he he's not with us. Bill's on his sabbatical, so Dad and I are gonna are gonna run with it ourselves tonight. Think we can handle it, buddy? Well, we'll do the best we can. That's right. There'll be there'll be a little missing, but uh, that's right. We'll try to make up for it. That's right. So it's uh, it's chaos all over the country. I got family down in Gorman, Texas, and friends in Rising Star, Texas, that were moving cattle and horses and bailing out on their houses because wildfires going everywhere. We got a blizzard up here in Matitsi today, today, which Praise God for that. We need all the moisture we can get. Everybody's fearful and panicking and never a better season to me to be pursuing Jesus right now and, and using him as our, as our uh, Sabbath rest, right? That's right. Everybody's scared. Everybody's scared of COVID. Everybody's scared of Ukraine and Russia. Everybody's scared of wildfires and drought and expensive hay prices and selling cattle. And what am I missing out on? Divorce? <laughs> Good Lord, if I know one marriage in trouble, I know 10. It's just crazy. Yeah. All this yeah. stress. And uh, and so, you know, we need Jesus. And, uh, you know, the sooner he comes back, the better. But he's here for us right now. And and as I'm as I'm rambling, Tad, I'm thinking about all this destruction and devastation and fears and worry and everything else. And I can't help but think that there's people sitting out there contemplating suicide or something, something dumb. And I just want to encourage you surround, find some people to, to help you out, get some help, find some, some people that care for you and want to encourage you and are there to help you out, pray for you because Jesus brings peace. He brings healing, but we got to be we've got to be uh, engaged with him. We can't just use him as a as a fire extinguisher in the cabinet over there. We got to have him have him out all the time. So that's a freebie right there. I just kind of rambled with that one. Yeah, and I'm so, I'm in the middle of tax season right now, and uh, every every meeting that I have. Of course, most of my clients are um, are ranch people, and uh, there's just a lot of fear out there right now, and a lot of uncertainty. A lot of people just every conversation I have is almost the same, and everyone's just kind of waiting to see uh, if we're going to get any rain, if there's going to be any grass, and uh, and then been dealing with that for a while and then with the COVID thing like you said but now we're talking about fertilizer prices and and fuel prices and uh it's just uh there's just a lot of uncertainty out there right now and and uh I, I believe that that as believers we're called to be light in the darkness and to shine his light through whatever it is that we do and uh we had a Jake our young associate pastor at church gave the message today and he was talking about how um we're all called to ministry and whether we're in the fivefold ministry whether we're a pastor or 
in full-time vocational ministry or whatever it is that we do um, that we're called to minister. And, and I think during this time, it's really important that, that uh, we keep ourselves encouraged. Mm. Um, when uh, there's a story about David, when he was out fighting um, and uh, I think it was the Amicalites came and attacked him at Ziklag and and destroyed the town that they were living in and stole everything they had, their wives and children and, and livestock. And David's men were, were very discouraged and they talked about stoning him. And it says that, that David encouraged himself in the Lord mm. and, um, mm. and went on and, and, and got everything back. And, and I think that's really important for us, even as believers right now that we continue to do that and encourage ourselves in the Lord. And, so that we we have something to share with the people that are are, I mean it's real. There's hurting people out there. Yeah, and uh, encouraged we have, himself in the Lord. How about that, man? Yeah, what incredible conviction that brings on me. Instead yeah. of instead of meditating on your struggles and trials, being encouraged, encouraging yourself in the Lord. Wow, that's good. Yeah, exactly. So, well, you, so you yeah. Use, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You use the term fear, a lot of fear out there. And I wrote something recently because I've been meditating. Interestingly enough, I've been meditating on that word fear. And, and so I started brainstorming and, and writing something down. And, and I'm, I'm just going to read it and just uh, see, if, see if it speaks to anybody. I, I, call it, I just titled it Fear Not. I said, uncontrolled fear controls or limits all reasonable logic. It limits the ability to think long-term. When you live in fear, you're living in the moment, unable to look forward or down the road, unable to think about the long-term effects of your immediate decisions. When fear keeps you from taking a step forward or anything, it leads to disappointment, to heart sickness. It keeps you from seeing the success you might have. It gives others power that have no business having power over you or your life. It makes you a victim. It places your world in the control of someone else, mainly Satan. Fear makes you weak and dependent on others. Fear tells you that you're not good enough, capable enough, or strong enough to accomplish. Fear makes you a manipulator and a user of people. Fear can look like strength in this case. You can become narcissistic and controlling. It can make you abusive to others and yourself. It gives you the false entitlement, making you think that you deserve something you don't. In leadership, fear keeps you from making good leaders. It causes you to be, uh, to be a close-fisted, iron-handed leader that can't uh, trust anyone. Fear ultimately destroys relationships and yourself. Fear can cause you to try to make everything about you and your joy because you're unable to have joy if it isn't about you. Fear of failure drives some to success. Fear of man keeps you from sharing the truth or starting a business. It keeps you from relationships. When does it stop? When you die? What are you afraid of? Some say the Bible says, fear not 365 times. Some say 103 or 107. Either way, it is a common statement for a reason. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. He is there for us to live in freedom, not fear. 
Galatians 5.1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. He is there to strengthen us, guide us, and give us wisdom to live, not fear. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so if there was, you know, this generation of people graduating high school and in college right now have no understanding of the fear we had of nuclear war. Right. Remember in the 80s, in the 70s and 80s, we do those nuclear war drills where we climb under our desk. <laughs> I don't know why it was going to save us, but there was that fear. And then, and then, you know, the next generation fears Islam. And, and now this generation, there's no, they have, there's so many fears. And, and so there's just so much uncontrolled fear out there in, in the world. And, and, good. Uh, you know, it, and so that's just, just something I was meditating on and thinking about. And I just kind of wrote that down. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I might write some sort of little paper or something on it, but, but uh, yeah, a whole lot of stuff going on and Jesus is still there. Jesus is still faithful. Jesus is still our rock. So, so there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, man. So we finished up. We're on episode 32 of a Cowboy Connection podcast. Uh, we did John 3, 1 through, 1, 1 through 21 last time. And uh, we're starting in 322 today and uh, tonight. And, and this is actually, this is one of, one of those sections, one of those segments that brings me so much joy. Uh, I really love this little section of, of scripture as we, uh, as we dive into it. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and just open us up in prayer, and, uh, and then I'm going to read it, and then we can talk about it. So, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, my brothers and uh, your word and time together, and I pray that anyone that listens to this is, is encouraged and uplifted and gets something out of the word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, John 3, 22. It says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went into the, to the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near uh, Salem because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now, a discussion arose between John, uh, between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who, is with you, who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and bears and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from, comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. 
Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal on this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains in him. So uh, a little bit of a little bit of a sermon from from John the Baptist. And uh, we know that um, early on uh, we've we've studied John a little bit, uh, a few uh, message, uh, podcasts back, talked about how John might have been uh, was was often confused when we uh, uh, people often thought he was somebody he wasn't. Um, uh, in uh, John one, uh, the 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 priests and the Levites from Jerusalem asked him, who are you? Uh, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? Uh, and he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said, and that was, that was a quote from Isaiah 40, verse 3, and uh, so they ask him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet, and John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one who uh, you do not know, even he who comes after me, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie, and these things took place in Bethany from Jordan, where John was baptizing, so uh, John's already testified of Jesus Christ. He was already challenged because people wanted to know who he was, and and now he's being challenged again. Uh, not, not accused, but his disciples are confused. And so, uh, when we when we start out here, we see Jesus is is going about his business, baptizing, and. Uh, they, they talk about where John was, and he was baptizing, and we see a conversation arises um, about purification. So you got any insight into that first little part or anything, anything you want to you wanna say about it? Well, just kind of the whole theme, kind of what I got out of verse 22 all the way through the end of the chapter was... Um, and this is kind of indicative of, of what the Lord has been kind of dealing with me about, but, um, and even before the verses that you read in John one, it, it all points towards Jesus and, um, and, uh, and it says here that I'm trying to find it here where he says that John says that I must decrease that he might increase. And um, in verse 34, it says, for whom, I, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I'm kind of giving kind of the, a broad brush stroke here. But it says, for he whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for God does not give the spirit by measure. And the whole, the whole thing here, again, as, as we're going to see as we continue on through John, it all points to, to Jesus and who he is and why he came. 
and the work that he did that we could have, just as you talked about earlier about fear, that we could have that freedom from the bondage of, of you know, of death mm-hmm. and everything that goes along with that. And I, I just, the Lord's really been dealing with me in the last several months about walking in the spirit and, and allowing God to do what he wants to do in my life and to work through me um, and not, and, and trying to get myself from trying to do everything on my own and doing everything under my own power. And, and, uh, and it says here in verse 27, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And, and, uh, uh, he's, I believe he's talking about the church there and I'm kind of moving off topic a little bit, but, um, but everything, it says that every good and perfect gift is from God and there's nothing that we can do on our own. Um, it's, you know, scripture tells us that our righteousness is as dirty rags to, to the Lord. And, um, and it just, it's all about Jesus. Just as you said, we were talking before we kind of got into the into the scriptures about what's going on in the world today and the fear that's there, the uncertainty that's there and all the stuff that we're reading about is, you know, we, you and I, but but not just you and I, humankind, mankind needs Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And John was there to witness and to, and to prepare the way. Um, And then as, as the story unfolds, as we continue on, um, um, it moves, the book of John moves from what John was doing, um, baptizing and Christ is just entering into his earthly ministry now. And, um, and, uh, and so just like John says that he, he has to decrease that, that Christ could, could, could increase. We need to do that in our personal lives. And I believe that the church, the, the, the bride, uh, needs to do that corporately too, that we need to, we need to move in into the authentic relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, you jumped right, both feet right in the middle of it. No, uh, no uh, 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 order or structure in any of that. So there's no reason to, to go back and have any order and structure. You said it. <laughs> the pa- the, the, no, there's no reason for that. The, the, the whole point, the whole reason I love this so deeply is what John says. His yeah. disciples have, have you know, we're, we're going to figure out as we read through the book of John, the disciples are numbskulls, yep. right? I mean, all the way up until Jesus's return, and even in Jesus's return, they're, they're saying dumb things. Right. Right. Peter does dumb things, right? His, his overzealous reactions to think, Hey, Jesus is walking on water. I'm going to go walk on water. You know, he, he jumps out of the boat and starts swimming to shore fully with, with all of his clothing on. 
He lops off the ear of a soldier. I mean, he does all these radical, overzealous things. People say things. Thomas doubts continually, right? Right. And and so it's par for the course that they would begin arguing and, and going, tattling on Jesus, right? They're, yep. they're acting like they're, they're going to John and tattling on Jesus. Rabbi, or he's tattling on, the, on all the people, you know, they're jealous for John, right? Well, they're jealous for John, but they're jealous for themselves because they know that if the more followers John has, the more they're going to have because they're learning from John, right? And they say, you know, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him, right? And so it, John gets it. He knows. He's, mm -hmm. been, he's been prepared for this. And, and he says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. And look, that still applies today. Right. You know, we, we get so hung up in legalism as Christians. Oh, I just, I just want to be blessed. I just want to do things to be blessed. I just, I just want to make sure that, that the Lord, that, that we're staying in the Lord's favor so we can be blessed. Oh, that's all works. It's all mm -hmm. works. It's free grace. We've been given free grace. And these disciples don't understand that yet, but John gets it. Look, everything. I cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to me from heaven. And I have to look out across this property and look at the animals and look at the vehicles and, and yeah, our ministry truck has 280,000 miles on it and you know, needs a new transmission and our ministry trailer is 20 years old and, but praise God, they run, they work, they haul horses. Right. Praise God. We've got horses. We've got good horses. Praise God. We have what we have, you know, and, but it all came to us from heaven. Right. And, and it can all be taken from us as well, just like that. But John gets it. Right. He says, you yourself bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, which is out of Malachi. Right. It's out of it's out of Malachi 3 1. I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. Right. So Jesus is the bridegroom. We're the bride of Christ. Right. The one who he says. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom. John knew his job was to point people to Jesus Christ. You said it. Right. But even, even Paul in Philippians 3, uh, starting at, he says, um, back up, 3. He says, um, uh, where do I want to start? So though, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to, the, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Blameless. He, he thought he was blameless. <laughs> <laughs> in his works, in his efforts. If anyone in this world thought he would, 
was going to be blessed. It was Paul. He says, but whatever I have gained or whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Right. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Some translations say, um, I think, uh, I can't remember. Some say like uh, a feces, dog, mm-hmm. do, dog dung or something like that. He says, I count, it, count them all as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. So, so Paul understands that nothing he's ever done has been suitable. It's all rubbish. So that he can gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of his own, which you said it. Our righteousness is like filthy rags, right? Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul got it. Paul got it. Just like John got it. And so we see this, this, this statement that, that John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And so that, that's, the, that's the whole principle that we've spoke of before. Of, of dying to the flesh. I can't, I can't find the scripture right now. Um, and I don't have my notes in front of me, but um, I, I think it's in Luke, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it. When Jesus sent out the 70, I, I believe it was when Jesus sent out the 70 and they would went out and they healed and they healed people in his name and cast out demons and they came back and they were all excited about that. And they said, Lord, even the demons listen to us when we speak to them in your name. Mm. And, and he said, I saw, I saw Satan fall like lightning, but don't be, don't be happy that the demons um, um, obey you, but be happy that your books, that your, that, that your names are written in the, in the book of life. Mm. And, you know, when you talk, and I just thought about that, Kevin, when you were talking about, you know, about, you know, and I I believe in God's favor. And I believe that God blesses us when we, when we, when we obey his word and we're living in right fellowship with him. um, You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, that God opens up the windows of heaven for us and pours out such a blessing that we can't contain it. And I believe all those things, but but that's not the essence of what this whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. It's just like what you talked about with Paul, that all that stuff is great, but the essence of it is, is Christ. And Paul talks about that. You know, Paul said that, that he didn't come and speak with elo- with eloquence, but he, he, he strove to just to know one thing, Christ and him crucified. Him crucified. Yes. 
And that's what it's all about. It's about that intimate relationship with, with Jesus and all that other stuff. All that other stuff is, is great. And it's all, it's, you know, all the promises are laid out in the Bible. And I believe that they're all, all yes. And amen, just like the scripture says, Mm -hmm. but Matthew, is it Matthew five? Um, that talks about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will be added unto us. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I believe, you know, as we kind of talk about the day and the time that we're in right now, I believe that the Lord is calling us back to that, that the Lord is calling us back to the simplistic faith in Jesus Christ. And six thirty three is that, is that passage? There, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I don't want to be a doom and gloom kind of guy. Cause I, that, that's not my intent at all. It, it's, it's the, it's, it's glorious that, um, you know, as we go back in scripture and, and talk about, uh, in, in the beginning when Adam and Eve were in the garden, um, you know, it says that it, it says that, you know, he placed them in the garden. And we get a brief glimpse of what God desired, that intimate relationship. And, you know, as soon as they had sinned and, and, and separated themselves from God and death entered in the picture, it said that God was walking in the garden in the cool of the evening and he was looking for them. Mm-hmm. And that intimate relationship with, with the creator Fellowship. is, it, it, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. There's so many people, you know, Jesus tells his disciples in Acts 1, look, you're not going to know the time or the place. And and if we're going to be real honest, we've been in the end time since about 33 AD. So, um, right. you know, once Jesus ascended into heaven, we've been in the end times. So we've been in the end times for, you know, 2000 <laughs> years. So uh, Jesus may come back tonight, tomorrow morning, but we don't know. And, right. and so we're not to be focusing on that. Uh, exactly. Sure. I mean, it. There, there's wars and rumors of wars, but there's been wars and rumors of wars for 2000 years. So <laughs> look, let, let's don't focus on the end times. Second uh, Timothy, uh, it, Paul says in second Timothy three, those who desire to live a life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people go on from bad to worse. So we have the promise of hard times. We have the guarantee of hard times. But James tells us, consider it all joy in James 1 when it happens. So what if we started celebrating this stuff going, hey, praise God for it, right? I know that sounds pie in the sky kind of silly, but but really that's what we're being commanded to do, right? Is to go, yeah, let's focus on Jesus instead of our misery because our misery is a a guarantee for us, right? (laughs) So, you know, but, but Paul says it, he says it all over the place. He says in Ephesians, um, uh, in our Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God Amen. for that, right? Because John got it. John knew he was going to die. Jesus tells Peter how he's going to die later yep. on. Hey, look, you're going to die, and I'm going to tell you how you're going to die. And Peter says, well, what about, what about John? 
And Jesus says, it's none of your business how John goes. It's none of your business. Don't worry about John. Worry about you. Jesus says, hey, won't you and I worry about each other? And me and John will worry about each other. But you don't worry about John, right? He must increase, but it's important to read that, but I must decrease. So it, 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 it's in our lives, our daily lives. Jesus right. must be exalted. That means, because what are we doing when we're focusing on our, on our trials, when we're focusing on our struggles, when we're focusing on our fears? We're worshiping them, right? We're exalting yeah, them over everything else. We're exalting them over Jesus. Where our mind meditates is where, it, where our focus is, is where our God is. And so whether it's my own pleasure, my own joy, my own freedom, my own peace, and how, what I can do or how I can do that, or am I going to focus on Jesus? Because Peter, or rather Paul, he was, he was busy dying to the flesh. Jesus even says in Luke 9, 23, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That means, for those who don't understand what that means, that means you need to carry your device of death and torture with you. It's all about Jesus, not about us. Go ahead. What do you, what do you got? Well, I was just going to, you, you had talked earlier about, and then we kind of got on a little topic there about the end times. And I remember when I was pretty new to the church in 1988, I was a senior in high school and there was this thing that was going around in, 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 the, in the church world at the time. Um, this so-called prophet said 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. Well, I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember yeah. that. And I, I was pretty new to the church, pretty new to all this stuff. I was a senior in high school. And I, and at the time I thought, great, finally going to graduate from high school. And now the whole deal is going to be all over with, you know, and, but, we, we don't, we don't understand, just like you said, that end times has been, this age has been since Jesus was died and was resurrected. And, and going back to what you said a little bit earlier in Acts 1, Jesus had died, was resurrected, and he had shown himself to his disciples. They'd already had him and Peter had already had the discussion along the lake. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me three times? And Peter gets upset and all those things. And then we move into, into Acts chapter one, where it's the establishment of the church and all that stuff has happened. And, uh, and right before Jesus ascended, and it says here in uh, Acts one, uh, verse six, it says, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking, they kept asking him, <laughs> they kept asking him. I just saw that. It's like my two year old. Asking me for a cookie 25 times before she finally <laughs> right. not getting one. <laughs> exactly. And they said, Lord, are you going to free Israel now and restore our kingdom? They still didn't get it. Still didn't get it. <laughs> they had saw all that stuff. And I just, 
uh, I just had a couple conversations in the last couple of weeks about this topic, about, about, you know, if, if we only just saw more signs and signs and wonders, if we only saw more miracles, more people would believe. And, more works, more works. And, and it's like, um, you know, the story that Jesus told about Lazarus, not the one that he rose, that he called out of the grave, but the one that died and, and the rich ruler said, Hey, let me go back and let me go back and warn my brothers. You know, he was, he was in hell and he said, hey, let me go back and warn my brothers. And, and, uh, in the parable, uh, Jesus said, well, even if somebody is raised from the dead, people wouldn't believe it. And, you know, and, uh, and so we've been talking about that and, and look at the Israelites, all those, all the signs and wonders that God performed to get them out of, out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. They crossed the Red Sea, you know, and every step along the way, whenever they, whenever they came across an obstacle, the first thing they did was complain and whine and cry and say, it would have been better <laughs> if we just died in Egypt, you know, every single time. And but we, we do that back. now. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. We look back and, and, you know, we know the end of the story and we're, we're, you know, we're just all self-righteous because, well, if I would have been there, man, you know, we do the same thing Well, and we, and we live in a better covenant. Yeah. And well, so, here's what, here's what, here's what doubting Thomas did right here, right at, at the end of John. And of course, that's so far, we're not going to be there for another year. People are going to forget about this conversation. So, but, but John 20, uh, it says, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you as the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is his resurrected body. This is the day, the night, you know, the day he, they went and found he was no longer in the tomb. They're up in the behind locked doors, afraid of the Israelites. And Jesus appears to him and says, um, uh, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, uh, and said, receive the Holy spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness any, um, from any, it is withheld from them. Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, here's what Thomas said. Thomas had just spent three years with Jesus. Jesus had told him everything. And Thomas says, the disciples say, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and the place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Yep. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand uh, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Okay. So he's now Thomas is saying, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And here's what Jesus said to him, my friends, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. That's you and me, buddy. Yep. That's, that's us. Yep. Blessed are those who have not seen. We have more faith than Thomas. Yeah. 
We have more faith than the disciple of Jesus, the, the, an immediate disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If we believe. And, and, right? you, and you know, and you know why? That, that's a great, because if we keep going into Acts, if we keep going into Acts, Acts chapter two. Yeah. Um, is the diff, is the reason why. Exactly. Because Jesus, in, in Acts chapter 1, he said, uh, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends, what, sends you what he promised. Remember, I've told you be, this before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2, it happens. And Peter, the same guy we've been kind of bashing on here the last <laughs> you know, because he's easy to pick on. He's easy because to pick up. He does up. all these stupid things. He denied. He denied Jesus three times the night that the, that the Lord was uh, 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 going through the trial and was crucified, and and uh, fifty days later, uh, when the Holy Spirit came, and it goes all the way back to and, and, and when that happened, they were endued with power from on high. Jesus got or Peter got up and spoke with boldness and said. The, the man that you killed, God raised up from the dead. And mm. it goes all the way back to where we started from in uh, John 3, um, where, um, where John said, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to find the verse here. Um where he talks about that everything that we have, we've received from heaven. Now I can't see it. <laughs> of course not. I'm looking for it too. Um, uh, 32? 32. Um, is that right? Nope. Verse 27, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless oh, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. given gotcha. to him from heaven. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, and so that's exactly right. Um, because once the Holy Spirit came, uh, he, he, the Holy Spirit is who leads us into, in, into the knowledge of the truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we're, and, and obviously, that's the that's the difference. That's the determining factor because he'd not been given right. freely at that point. That's absolutely true. And yeah. so, you know, it, it, getting back to your to, to the verse you just finished, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. You know, the 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 thing about it is, is there's no room for jealousy in the kingdom of God because yeah. it all comes. It, it's all Jesus's. It all belongs to Jesus. And we've seen that. We've talked about it. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's all about Jesus Christ. You've said it. We've said it. He says, uh, you know, John, John reiterates, he says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. And we're all guilty of that. We've all been yeah. guilty of that. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true, okay? So whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, 
that God is true. That's a that's a that's a a gospel. That's the gospel message right there. If you receive his testimony, if you if you receive the good news of Jesus yeah. Christ, right? For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. Uh Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Um, uh, it, th- it's interesting that he, he finishes like that. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. And so, so you, you, you see that, and, and we know that um, uh, if we believe in the son, right? Faith, right? Faith in Jesus, Jesus Christ, we, um, have eternal life. And, and so, uh, I got distracted for just a second. Um, you know, that's faith in Jesus Christ. We've seen that in Ephesians. We talked about it at, at length. In Ephesians, it's it's the belief in the Son. Well, eternal life is right now. It's not just fire insurance for for when our fleshly bodies die, but it, it goes back to that statement. Look, eternal life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's life in the midst of all this misery. Yep. It's life in the midst of all this fear that we're consumed with. But whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. We know that obedience goes hand in hand with belief. Yep. And it's, and I think that's written intentionally like that because there are, you know, we're going to see in a little while that Jesus is going to say, look, people have, People are going to come to me saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? And he's going to say, get away from me. I never knew you. Because obedience comes out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't obey God. We don't, we don't do good deeds in order to be saved. Right? Grace is free, given to us freely. We respond in faith. And through that faith, we joyfully obey. Right. If we feel the burden of obedience, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. We're coming from it from the wrong direction. If that we have no joy in our generosity, if we have no joy in our obedience, then there's a disconnect between us and the Father. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can do all the good deeds you want. I mean, come on. How many people do we know? How many times have you and I done this in our own life where we claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but our actions were a sorry excuse right. of what it, we weren't being obedient to Jesus Christ in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And as sad as it is to say, 
you know, every little thing we do that's breaking the law, that's sinful, that's garbage, everything that we refuse to submit to Jesus Christ is a challenge to our relationship with Jesus Christ. What do you think? Well, I've spent most of my Christian life, and I'm not proud to admit this, but I've spent most of my Christian life as a carnal Christian. And it's only been in the last couple, three years that, um, that, and I think that's why, that's why the Holy Spirit's really been, really been, uh, I've really been focused on, oh, stuff like Galatians 5, where it talks about walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. And I I believe that the Lord's really been teaching me Mm. what that means to walk in the spirit. And, And it's just like what John said. Jesus must increase and I must decrease. And it's not, and when you talk about, you know, those who want to follow me must pick up their cross and, 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 and follow me daily. You know, I used to, I used to look at verses like that and think, man, what a burden. I used to think of what a sacrifice that is. I used to think, man, that doesn't sound fun at all. I used to just have this, this, negative connotation when i read verses like that Mm. but if you if but once you truly start to know the the nature and the character of god it changes that because you realize that there's nothing good in this world there's nothing good living out of the flesh there's nothing good living carnally minded Mm. and that what god has for us is just so much better just so much better, you know, yeah. it just, and we've talked about this a million times. What, what episode are we on? Episode 32. Yeah. I think we've talked about this all 32 episodes, but John 10, 10, which I guess we'll get to in a while. It says the, the thief does not come, but this kill, steal and destroy. But I, and this Jesus talking, it's in red letters in my Bible, but I have come that they might have life and <laughs> life abundantly. And just like you said, Kevin, that doesn't just start in the sweet by and by. That starts now. Right. That starts. We can have that. We can have that life, that abundant life now. And, um, and you know, the Lord said that if we love him, we'll obey him. Um, but he also said that take upon, take my yoke upon you because my, it, it because it's, it's, it's light. Yeah. And so obeying God, it's not always easy. And sometimes we will have to sacrifice. Sometimes we will have to do painful things, but it is so much better. I mean, I, I've lived, a, I've lived, I've lived life on the fence for 30 some years as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, that's the most miserable place to be is on that fence. Yeah. Um, well, it's, once it's you, hard. It's, it's hard. hard to, to, it's hard to, to, because when the spirit's pulling you one way and the flesh is pulling you another way, it's a battle. It's a conflict. Right. But sometimes it's even harder to follow the, the prompting of the spirit and bring the hard word or reject the the person reject what the person you love is doing or whatever or be rejected by somebody because you mm-hmm. refuse to partner with them in their sin or whatever it is it's yeah. a challenge 
but Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He is our strength. Right. You know, it's a great point. You're absolutely right. So Colossians three says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's that. That's that whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life. We're to set our mind on things to the book for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And, and so we, we put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in us goes back around to the conversation we had earlier, because if we, if we get hung up in anything that is legal, right? Legalism, anything that is trying to, to um, earn our salvation, we're, we're in sin. Because mm-hmm. Galatians 5 says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It goes back to that yoke you were talking about. Jesus' yep. yoke is light. says, um, he says, if Paul says, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no value to you. I testify again that every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. So, so the point of that is, if you expect yourself or anyone else to, to be obedient to just one thing other than Jesus, right? So if you put your salvation in the act of communion, mm-hmm. if you put your salvation in this Jesus and something else, then look, you have to obey the whole law. You have to be perfect again in your own strength. You were severed from Christ. He says, um, it says, I testify again that every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. That's important for us to remember to this day. We skip down a little bit. He says, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not let your freedom, uh, use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Yeah. Look, we love people. That's what we've been commanded to do. We're not obligated for any other law. We love Jesus. We love our neighbor. The yeah. two greatest commandments, love Jesus, love our neighbor. If we're doing those things, loving Jesus, loving our, our, our neighbors, everything else will begin to be weeded out in our life. Yeah. Everything else will begin to fall away and we'll begin to understand that, look, our belief in Jesus Christ is summed up through our love of Jesus Christ. And if we love Jesus Christ, we'll obey him. And if we refuse to obey Jesus Christ, you shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on you. Remains on you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Man, that was good. That's good meat. That's good <laughs> stuff. I'm excited. I told you I needed this tonight before we got started, didn't I? It's uh, good for me. Yeah, me so, too. Me too. Hey, and you know what? We've all, we almost made it an hour. We're five <laughs> minutes short of an hour right now. Yeah. So we had plenty to talk about, didn't we? 
yeah, so why don't you share the gospel, my friend, if we haven't already done it enough? Well, I think we've shared the gospel tonight that um, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides him. It's, it's simple. It's so simple. Um, we just need to believe and, uh, um, and, uh, take him at his word that, that, that he really was who he said he was that, or is that, uh, he came that, um, he died a terrible death and rose again from the dead. That if we believe that he's paid the price for our sin, that we will spend eternity with him and, and, uh, um, that's it. Love yeah. the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors as yourself. Two there greatest you commandments. That's the only thing we need to do. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's it. Well, look, um, we uh, we got an email. If you need prayer, you need a Bible, you need anything, you can send us an email at acowboyconnection at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be... We'll actually be back. We're actually a week late, so we'll actually be back next Sunday uh, or sometime around there, whenever we can get together. <laughs> I was hoping Jr. would be here so we could talk a little bit about Sage. Sage Newman, yeah. number one saddle bronc rider in the country right now, just won $50,000 at Houston. I wonder, you know, I, I sent him a message. I said, hey, congratulations. I said, I bet you ain't going to shave that cheesy mustache off, are you? He said, oh, no, it's staying. Because all them boys in that truck threw a mustache. And, and uh, I thought, I wonder if that, if their uh, van they're traveling in will hold all that 50000 bucks and that new saddle he won. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, saddle was, that saddle was sweet. That's pretty. It was pretty. Yeah. That boy, that boy took a big step. On that rewrite, yeah. he got 88 points and took a rewrite to, to try to qualify. He did. So, yeah, all those yeah. guys, we sure pray an awful lot for them and, and think a lot of them. A lot of those guys help us with our camps. We keep them on our prayer list as they're traveling down the road. And, and uh, so I'm mighty proud of of, uh, of Chase and Brooks and Sage Newman both. They they really put on a show. Chase finished third. So, so uh at fifty thousand, Sage one boosted him, boosted his his season earnings pretty good here. So yeah, maybe he can keep going. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, congratulations, buddy. Uh, and uh, hey, appreciate you, appreciate you a lot. Let's close out in prayer. We'll end this episode. How's that sound? Sounds good. Father, thank you so much for your word and for friends, for my brothers. For all those that are listening, I pray that uh, that you would rest in the minds and the spirits of all those struggling, fearful this that right now, and uh, that you'd bring a peace that uh, surpasses all understanding, uh, a peace that we can't even comprehend. Thank you for your resurrection power and for the work you've done in our lives, and I pray that on others as well, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Yep. Bye. Bye.